some of the most profound words are the simple statement, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. As we look through Scripture, we find several times in which we see this phrase, in the beginning. And today is the beginning. It's the beginning of a new year. January 1st, 2017. It's the beginning of us being located in this place. This morning I want us to think about this idea of the beginning. The beginning of this year but more importantly, that phrase, in the beginning, God. And think about what it was in the beginning. How God has used the beginning to start something new. How He has done that for each of us. Creating us as new creatures. And what that means for us is the Benbrook Church of Christ. Let's begin by thinking about that first beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, as we've already noticed, are those profound words which have resonated forever. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and dark and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there is light. God is in control. God created this world. And yet, even as God created this world, and He created this world, fashioning it out of nothing, He already had a plan in place. He already knew that there was going to be some of His creation who would leave Him. He knew that there was going to be some of His creation who would sin against Him and decide not to have a relationship with Him. He knew that there was going to be sin and rebellion in the world, and he had a plan even before he said, let there be light. God had a plan from before the beginning. And in the beginning, there was God. God the Father and God the Son. And so as we've already mentioned, that second great passage that talks about in the beginning, John chapter 1 and verse 1, we learned that Jesus was there. And Jesus was there in the beginning acting as the Creator God. Notice carefully what John tells us, John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now notice this very carefully as we look at verse 3. 
He says, all things came into being through Him. That is, through the Word. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. John is drawing powerfully upon that opening phrase of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. There was another light. Not the great light that lit up on that first day of that first year, of that first week. but a different light, a light that would change the lives of men because it was a light that would bring life. And this light, and this life, was none other than the Creator God Himself in humanity, in the flesh, Jesus. John goes down through the rest of this chapter talking about how that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and that John the Baptist was crying out saying, Here is one who's coming after me who's greater than me before he existed before I existed. And then he saw Jesus on the banks of the river and he said, There's the one I've been telling you about. Jesus. Jesus was the Word that was in the beginning with God. And was God. Jesus was the one through whom the world was created. As we flip through our New Testaments, we come to the book of Colossians and we see that Jesus was this creator God through whom all things have been created. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, speaking of Jesus, that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for, that is to say, because by Him all things were created, both in heaven, the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Jesus was the Creator God. And yet, as the Creator God, He was the one who was willing to die to give us life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus. God the Son. And so we see this idea of in the beginning. In the beginning we were created. And we were created by this God. And yet there is a new beginning. That we all have an opportunity to participate in. And to be a part of. Notice what Paul says again, this time in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to notice, first of all, this key verse, and we'll back up and we'll look at the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
But notice what Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is the new beginning. This is the new beginning that each of us has in our life. We have an opportunity to be something new. Because when we are in Christ, we become united with Jesus in His death, burial, and resurrection. We become a new creature. Paul says all those things that existed before, they've been done away with. They are old things. I don't care what they were in your life. Think about the worst sin in your life. The sin that is in the back of your mind that you are thinking to yourself, man, I hope my mom never learns about that. Think about the sin in your life that you wish, oh, I hope grandma never finds out about that one. Your dearest friend, your family members, the person you respect the most, that they never find out. Paul tells us that when we're in Christ, those old things have been done away. And you're a new creature. It's a new beginning. Now, as we back up from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we begin to look at the text a little bit more, we see why it is a new beginning. How it is that we are new creatures. Notice what he says as we continue in verse 19. Namely, that God was working in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. There's that forgiveness of sins. And He committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus who knew no sin because he didn't experience sin. Oh, Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. He knew what the temptation was. He knew what the trials were. He experienced all of those same types of things himself. And yet he experienced those things and was able to walk through life without committing sin. And so God made him who knew no sin to become sin. That is to say... When he was on the cross, he carried the weight of all of our sins so that we could be reconciled back to God. As we continue to back up from the passage, we notice what this means for us. Look at verse 11 following, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Paul says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God. I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you, as he speaks to the Corinthian church, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are, if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of God controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Did you notice that? Verse 15. One of the hardest passages in the New Testament to live by. Notice what Paul says there again. He died for all. That is to say, Christ died for all. So that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose again on their behalf. Oh, the first part of that phrase is great. The first part of that phrase is wonderful. It says that Jesus died for me, and He took away my sin, and it's easy for me to say, Oh, that's awesome. That's good stuff. I am glad that Jesus died for me and that my sins are done away with. That's the easy part. But the hard part is the rest of the sentence, the rest of the phrase when Paul says, He did that so that those who live through Him would no longer live for themselves. But live for Him who died and rose on their behalf. I am a new creature because my mind changes from doing what is pleasing to myself. My mind changes from doing what I want to do. My mind changes from doing what I think is best for myself to how can I live my life to serve God. To change from thinking about how I can have all my needs met, have all my desires met, make myself happy. To what can I do to bring glory to Christ? Folks, that's a tall order, isn't it? Because we live in a culture, we live in a society that's all about me. The word submission... The word submissiveness, the word respect, the words love others are not words that are celebrated by this society. All oh, the idea of love, everyone is out there, but that's different than putting others first. That's different from putting God first. It's hard for us to do that. It's hard for me to make a decision. Should I go and do this thing over here? See, if I was just making the decision based on what do I want to do, that would be an easy decision for me to make. I could say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And then I go and do it. But you see, being a new creature, no longer do I make that sort of a decision. Instead, I think to myself, is that going to glorify God? 
is not going to serve God. And when I'm a new creature, I think to myself, no longer, what is over here that I want to do that's going to please myself, but what can I do to serve God? And sometimes that means I'm going to sacrifice my time. Sometimes that means I'm going to spend three days in a row putting in flooring and hitting my finger with a large hammer. Sometimes that means I'm going to spend hours, days perhaps, making a beautiful piece of furniture for somebody else to use. Sometimes that means I'm going to go to an apartment complex and I'm going to give somebody else some food with the goal that maybe, just maybe, out of some of those that I give pizza to once a month, I might meet someone that wants a Bible study. I mean, sometimes I'm going to get up early on a Saturday morning, I'm going to take some door hangers, and I'm going to put those out in Binbrook, and I know that 99.999% of those folks are going to take that thing off the door and throw it in the trash can, and some of them might even call up to the church building and say, why'd you put that on my door for? in the hopes that perhaps just one or two folks take that off their door. And they say, you know what, I've been thinking about whether or not I need to go to church. And they see the website, and they go to the website, they find where we're meeting, and they decide to come and join us. Sometimes it means we might do other service projects. Sometimes it means that we might have Bible studies at times that aren't convenient for me. So that I can have an opportunity to teach some of the gospel. Because the gospel message is that in the beginning, God had a plan. One last passage. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. One of the most powerful passages to me in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Paul was good at speaking Greek and Hebrew, but he was bad at English grammar. Because this sentence goes on for several verses, and we're going to take it right in the middle of the sentence. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Paul says, Just as He, that is God, chose us in Him, that is Jesus, notice this, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. Paul says, before God ever said, let there be light. Before there was in the beginning. God had a plan. He knew in His plan that He was going to make people. He was going to make them with the ability to choose their actions and their behaviors and their attitudes and their thoughts. And that they would, in those behaviors, thoughts, actions, and attitudes, reject Him. And decide to do their own thing. 
and before he ever said, let there be light, he said, let there be life. Because his plan was that he would send his son, the very creator God, to come to this earth to die and to rise again to show his power over death so that we could have life in God and be that new creature. As the Benbrook Church of Christ, as we think about the days to come, we are wanting to do things together to reach this community with this message that there are new beginnings available. New beginnings of regardless of what has transpired in your life before. God can make you a new creature. And you can change your outlook in life. You can change the way you live your life to serve God so that you can be His son or His daughter. With the hope of someday going home and living in His house and living with Him forever. This is a new beginning for us because we're in a new building. We're actually in Benbrook now. Woohoo! <laughs> and we want to reach this community with the gospel. That's why we planted this church a little over a year and a half ago. And as we move forward, we're going to do some things together. We're going to serve together with the notion of glorifying God, accomplishing His work, we want to be a church that grows together, matures together. We look forward to the day when we have deacons and elders and we're running and gunning all the time to serve God and to accomplish His work. We are at a beginning, a new beginning, and we look forward to what comes ahead. If you're here this morning and you have any needs for the prayers of the church, or any other need, we invite you to come. Together, we stand and sing.